Hello, everyone. This is the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series, World Series Game 1, Instant Reaction. Dodgers win this one 8-3, take a 1-0 series lead. Uh, it was a really good pitcher's matchup through the first four or so innings. Then in the fifth, uh, things started to fall apart. So Tyler Glass now on the mound for the Rays, Clayton Kershaw on the mound for the L.A. Dodgers. And uh, kind of got ugly there in the fifth. So, Danny, thoughts on, on, on the game tonight? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been texting with friends and family who uh, are Dodgers fans, and uh, I've been taking the approach and posture of, man, it's just nice to be here. I'm so grateful to be in the World Series, and so that can't be dismissed in general. And then I, I've been saying, you know, this is a really good Dodgers team. Mm-hmm. Uh, 538 yeah. likes to use the ELO or ELO, uh, whichever you prefer to pronounce it as, uh, ratings. And there are point totals assigned to teams based on performance against average, against your league for that year, et cetera, et cetera. This Dodgers team has an ELO above 1600. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with the baseline there, that's really effing good. <laughs> this Dodgers team by that measure is up there with the 98 Yankees, the 75 Reds. And to think about the Rays going up against the big red machine right now would be to say, yeah, you know, I'm just happy to be here. That's fine. Um, This Rays team using the same ratings is better than the Braves that pushed this game, uh, this series to seven. Mm -hmm. So this is a good Rays team and I'm grateful to have the world series. Uh, But this game just kind of got away from us. And, uh, I, I don't feel like Kevin Cash managed like Kevin Cash in this game. Yeah. Tyler Glass now gets tabbed with six earned runs, which is absurd and only is a consequence of the pitcher coming in after him not doing uh, the job that he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. Charlie Morton, you lift after 66 pitches. Tyler Glass <laughs> now, you lift after a career-high 112 right. in a World Series where there's off days. And we've expected the lauded and uh best aspect of this team bullpen to be able to do something it's a weird feeling right now to be so grateful to be here to be not upset losing to clayton kershaw and mookie Betts, and to still feel like man did we did we give our a game did we manage this as best as we could yeah you know it's interesting and Kevin Cash was out of the ordinary, and I forgot to intro him when, when we started the show, but Jim Turvey's back on the podcast tonight, hey. and I believe it was Jim that was on when we criticized the, some of the decisions made by Kevin Cash, which is not something that happens often on the D-Rays Bay Podcast Network, um, but not, I mean, criticize not because it was the right or wrong decision, but criticize because it's not something that he's typically done, in that I thought after that fourth inning, he had gone through the lineup, last night had gone through the lineup twice, he had bets leading off the fifth. Um, that perfect time to hand the ball either over to Yarbrough or to McClanahan or to Fleming or to whoever it was. I thought it was going to be Yarbrough. We talked about this. Danny, you, me, and JT talked about this on the uh, on the preview pod. But, Jim, I'm curious to your thoughts. Like, this just did not seem like a Kevin Cash-managed game. Yeah, I know. I, I'm being called in as the Kevin Cash criti- uh, criticism, <laughs> which is not a lane I love because I actually love Kevin Cash. And we it's all do. part of the reason why I was really bummed today because this was very – it was kind of like that ALD – ALDS or ALCS game one? I think it was ALDS game one. Again, where it was not the process that we've seen from Kevin Cash before. And in that series, it was written off as there's no off days. We have to – 
think in the in the long run but this is the world series first of all and this is we now have off days again and so we had we had articles on the site today making the case for Yarbrough as the fireman and I was really excited for that and I it looked like it was gonna happen for a second uh we went into the fifth inning I was fine with Tyler Glass now getting that going against Mookie Betts for the the first out of the or the first batter of the of the fifth inning ideally it would have been an out but once he walked him where I got really confused about Kevin Cash's process is that if you're going to have Yarbrough hmm. warming in that inning, he has to be ready to go and he has to come in and face Corey Seager right there. Cause the way Dave Roberts set up his uh, lineup was very, uh, it was a great lineup. He went right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left with Seager, um, uh, Muncie and Bellinger as the three big lefties in the two mm-hmm. through six spots. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have Yarbrough go uh, 13 batters in a, in a dream world where he faces everyone once and those three big lefty bats twice, mm-hmm. you you have to have Yarbrough ready to go for Seager. That's the whole reason he's up there. And then especially when Glass now walks the first guy, you 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 can't you can't have glass now still in that game. So I'll, I'll circle back. So, to well, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's back up to that moment because Tyler glass now pitched. Okay. Through the first two times through the order, there wasn't a lot of damage done. It was a typical raise outing. We had the two run home run, giving up to Cody Bellinger and then KK responded with his own home run. So the narrative through the first half of this game was, our injured center fielders hit home runs. That's that was the <laughs> takeaway for me in terms of narrative to start out this game. And then it started getting just a little wild. Yeah. And I it is shocking to not have the quick hook. The it was it was surprising for me personally to see Tyler Glassnow return for the fifth inning. But Jim, you're completely right. If you're going to warm up Yarbrough, if you're gonna use him for these lefties why would you not bring him in for seeker why would you let two three four in the batting order pass by and work over tyler glass now as he's over 100 pitches it just wasn't race well, and the, wild, the wildest thing was that I, I, so he he cash painted himself into a corner right because once he didn't put him in for seeger then it got to be second and third when when they had the double steal and i think the logic that the cash used i actually agree with this logic was that he wanted to leave glass now into face muncie because he had the higher strikeout potential and you want you want to avoid the potential for any ball in play driving in a run there but mm-hmm. if you just bring in him in to face seeger I mean, butterfly effect, whatever, who knows what, what rabbit hole we're going down, but he cash painted himself into so much of a corner. And then he really wasn't prepared to adjust either because the, the, the case for Yarbrough coming in was, was that we were, we were right there in that window. And then by the time Yarbrough actually came in, the Dodgers were already up to like a night. They were, yeah, I have this written down here by fan graphs. They were up to a 92% uh, win probability. So at that point, then I'd almost sit Yarbrough down and bring in Fleming. So it was like Cash was, he was chasing this ghost that he could have, there, there would have been no ghost if he just put him in to face Seager in the first place. And I, I, I guess the logic is that you're trying to steal outs or that as the road team, the win probability is already at 75%. I, I don't know. We're in the World Series. You can't be 25% win is well worth going after, Danny. And where it doesn't really make sense 
is you have an off day yeah. <laughs> after yeah. the first two games you have an off day you could make nick anderson absorb like four innings over two games here it doesn't matter even in a loss a 25 percent win probability is still worth chasing i completely agree with you jim so i, I mean just crazy well, and, and while we're on this, because I, I do, <laughs> I want to get the, the cash complaints out of the way, and then we can focus on some to maybe more positive or bigger picture stuff. But he also, I really didn't like the move um, when he burned Choi. He he had to mm. know. Well, well, so let's finish talking about Yarbrough, and then, okay. uh, and then we'll come around to that. So Ryan Yarbrough, I loved your prediction, Jim, going into this series that Ryan Yarbrough goes from being fourth starter to fireman. Because that seemed like where the Rays heads were at as well. And that's like a nice affirmation. And I also loved going from Glass now to Yarbrough. I thought that was a very nice trade-off in terms of arm angle. Last night. Going from 102 miles an hour from the right side over the top to this wide out left 78 <laughs> mile an hour approach. <laughs> I mean, is the is the Rays octopus, right? They can come at you from any angle. Uh uh, from the I think now. I think that's a that's a, that's a, even a good enough point that you could so say you that that's almost the case that you just bring in Yarbrough to start the inning right because even though Mookie exactly this but you, it's such a funky different delivery that I yeah you have to have him out there either to start the inning which I I think is either Dream World or, or right there but you have you just you can't let Glass now face Seager especially after he walked uh, bats it just made no sense so do you guys think that before you get to the A bullpen, Ryan Yarbrough is always on the cards for tonight to come in after Glass now at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And now and so now if there's a silver lining here is that Yarbrough should be ready to throw the bulk of the innings in game four. Whether that's as a starter or I mean yeah, he, he didn't get burned. He they used right. him for a very short amount of time. He could reasonably come back in game four. I mean, he could honestly, he, what do you throw 20 pitches? You could honestly even come in fireman tomorrow. I mean, you, it, it depends be, but, on the, the the flow of the series. Yeah. And the but intent. I, I love him in that fireman role. And I, I guess yeah, Fleming didn't do much today that would make you want to have him be a bulk in game four, but, but I you can't I, manage ahead to game four at this point. Exactly. You, down if, one, nothing. Exactly. Exactly. And the off days help, you know, and if there is, if you, if you look at the Dodgers, um, Kershaw, Kershaw was great. Um, he actually now has more games in which uh, in the postseason where he went six innings, gave up one runner less, gave up one walker less in Major League history. Um, so if you're still holding on to the playoff Kershaw narrative, I love I love baseball stats, man. Uh, you it's can out you the window. just just move the filters around and you can find <laughs> historic accomplishments. Kershaw was good. Kershaw. We yeah. thought he might be hurt. Even if he was, it didn't matter. He was the good version of himself. It, it, well, I knew he wasn't hurt when he made that play uh, in the field where he we threw it like it had to be ninety five miles an hour over the no, first hard, base. hardest he's thrown all night was that throw to the first base and base. a beautiful throw, beautiful defensive play. Looked reminiscent of the Rays pitchers in the ALCS, um, which was a huge play. And I'm like, well, his back's feeling fine. If it's not, it's going to hurt really bad in the morning now. I, I I thought there were a couple of interesting things with with Kershaw. So. Uh, both a, a pro and a con here. So I, f first of all, I'm not sure if he finished with the record, but I know that like through four innings, he was pacing for 
the record for the most swinging strikes in any postseason game in MLB history, or at least the through through the the tracked history of that stat. So he clearly was getting a lot of swings. But the other interesting thing that I thought that kind of stood out to me, and now Glassnell's problem was more his walks than his his balls in play today, but Kershaw had five hard hit balls in play compared to only three for Glassnell. And the Rays were pretty much even for the with the Dodgers for the game, Fleming gave up a bunch and that that's maybe to be expected, but I, I found that kind of interesting. Um, but I mean, it was, it was good Kershaw. He, he, even after like the, the top of the sticks was the inning where if you believe in playoff narratives, that was, he was just sitting there for 40 minutes. The Rays had the, the prime of their lineup coming up. That's where I was like, okay, do we, do we steal a couple runs back here? And he went one, two, three and like under 10 pitches. So we saw a good Kershaw tonight and good Kershaw is a, probably the best pitcher of his generation. So it's, it's hard to, to really complain about uh, dropping a game one to him, honestly. Yeah. And, and, and looking at the Dodgers bullpen, the Rays started to get to the Dodger bullpen and we know the Rays have an edge in terms of, of both bullpens lined up. If the pitching is managed differently by the Rays in which they can limit the Dodgers to, let's say, six runs, five runs, maybe even four runs um, before the late innings, you're looking at a completely different ball game. The Rays were getting hits off of Dylan Floro. Gonzalez came in, and Mike Zanino scorched a oh. ball. I don't know the exit velo, but went oh, right 106. The it's like 105.8 miles an hour. Into the glove of Gonzalez, turns the double play, that ball is just a foot to the left, a foot to the right, and it's honestly the Rays are back in the game. There, they bring in another run. They've got two more runners. <laughs> a, foot, on. a foot to the right, it murders the pitcher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so that seventh inning is uh, a Margot single up the middle. Mm-hmm. Joey Wendell almost goes yard, but uh, this ballpark in Arlington is super weird. So Bellinger, uh, not wanting to jack up his shoulder further, just kind of like collides with the wall a little bit, loses the ball. So. Uh, Joey Wendell's limited yeah. to just, you know, a two base hit. And then Jim, this is the moment you wanted to talk about before that Zunino liner. So the yeah. Rays... go, go set it up here and I'll, yeah. I'll knock pass down again. <laughs> so Kevin Cash lifts Willie Adamas from the game. Shocking. First yeah. time in the postseason we've seen that. Lifts Adamas to put in G Man Choi, to which Dave Roberts does a pitching change. And so he lifts G-Man Choi without ever swinging the bat to bring in Brasso, who then gets on base. So bad process, good result. How, how are we feeling? Because, like, honestly, Victor Gonzalez was was in the pen. He, Cash had to know he was burning Choi. And I think yeah. he'd only just gotten up. But you have to – this is the World Series. You have to know if, if their lefty is going in the pen and, and Roberts is going to have an easy answer. That's kind of how I felt all night is that Cash was just giving Roberts these really easy answers. Is He was like, I'm going to make this co- weird, convoluted, galaxy brain decision that just gives you a layup on your end, Dave Roberts. And Roberts made a decision. And, and like you said, Brasso got the hit. But we didn't get to see – one of the Rays' best power bats in a game where a home run changes the the landscape of the game. The disappointment for us here is we expect Kevin Cash and his staff to be a step ahead. Yeah. And tonight he fell three or four steps behind in a couple moments that I think it's difficult to say any one moment decided this game. I mean, sometimes you just face Clayton Kershaw, right? Uh just like sometimes you face Garrett Cole, but you can overcome those things by being aggressive, by not pushing Tyler Glass now to a career high 112 pitches, which again, what? 
and then Mike Zanino. I mean, there. I, I think about Brandon Lau's night, and, and compared to how the Dodgers' night went. Yeah. Brandon Lau, when he hits a foul ball, it doesn't fall over, you know, over the crowd where the netting is. It stays in foul territory and it's caught for an out. Or if he hits a uh, a liner up the line, it's just foul instead of just fair. Like Brandon Lau had the worst luck tonight, and it felt like the Dodgers were having the opposite luck. If they hit a foul ball, it didn't stay in foul territory. It drifted just over that weird netting that coat that protects the crowd that's in the extended dugout for sweets. Um, or if they hit a, uh, if they hit a hard liner, it went through the defenders and, uh, it, it was the Dodgers night for sure. But I mean, Kevin cash, we're just used to you being three steps ahead. My, my what I do, away, I... Go ahead, Jim. No, no, you, you, you got it, Brett. Oh, I don't know if I want to have it. Um, my takeaway is that the Rays could have, could have been in this game if they wanted to be in this game, you know, mm-hmm. matching up glass now, Kershaw the Dodgers probably have have an edge there and that there's a chance that you get through the first five or six innings behind, but you know that you, you have a better bullpen than them. You know that at some point, if their bullpen has to eat up three or more innings, you're going to get to them. You're going to get runners on base. You're going to have a put in a position to score. And the Rays did that. But at that point, they were already so far behind in the game that it didn't even matter. We talk about the Zanino hit up the middle that turned into a double play. Austin, oh, I mean, we didn't we didn't detail run. it. So, dear listener, I assume you watched it. <laughs> but Zanino, 106 mile an hour off the bat, straight into the glove of the pitcher who turns around and just soft tosses it to second base for the double play out when you had two men on. Brutal. At this point, the race have clawed back to three, mm-hmm. uh, uh, three to eight. That scores at least one, mm-hmm. maybe two. Maybe oh, the pitcher's shaken oh, up. Yeah. Maybe you do a little bit more damage. I mean, it depends on, you know how how cleanly it's fielded i assume that the runner goes first to third so that scores yeah. one uh, it's just a brutal night you you get one across and then you have yandy up and i think gonzalez would have had to face yandy i, I think so um, and ryan yarbrough pitches to contact tonight mm-hmm. and i i also have to think if you're choosing to use ryan yarbrough why are we calling him in with multiple men on base yeah that's not his game yeah, that's why. Give him the start of the inning. Start the fifth inning with Ryan Yarbrough. Yeah, that is, and, we, and I know I'm not saying that the game would have been won or lost on this decision, but that is the decision that if it was made, the Rays could have been in this game. This could, this was a winnable game, or this was a game that could have been at least fought till till the end, and when it felt like it wasn't. So, I don't want to. I I didn't think I was going to be too negative, and I guess talking through it, I'm kind of reminiscing on these moments throughout the game where I'm like, mm, the Rays could have been in this game. They could have mm-hmm. had a chance to win. So the good news is um, Blake Schnell's on the mound tomorrow. It's I don't know if Dave Roberts has announced the pitcher. It sounds like it's going to be a bullpen mix and match day for the Dodgers, um, which I think bears well for the Rays. They've got Blake Schnell on the mound and a, a fully rested A bullpen going into an off day. So the Rays, are, they, I will, I, the Rays should manage this as an all-out, going to win the game um need to win the game so i don't know i, I am i'm am not panicking it's one nothing it's in the world series like danny said the dodgers might be one of the greatest teams of all time um <sighs> just extrapolate my my comparison to the 98 yankees out a little bit <laughs> but i I'm, I'm confident in game two i like the Rays in game two i like them in game four 
Um, if Ryan Yarbrough can perform, assuming that he gets a bulk of the innings, we have no idea what the series will look like. Game three will be tough with between Morton and Bueller. Um, and uh, the Rays are down one nothing. It's it's an outcome that I wasn't. I'm not shocked by. Um, it's just the, the matter, the, the the way it went down, that I'm a little shocked by. Yeah, it just feels like there's there's a version of this game where you approach the fifth inning differently, and maybe you can keep the Dodgers off the board. And in that case, this. I mean, if, if the rest of the scores play out the same way, it's uh, you're never calling in Fleming, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a 3-2 win. Yeah. yeah. So if you assume Fleming still comes in and gives up a first pitch home run to Mookie Betts, uh, sorry, dude. And then <laughs> by the sixth pitch he's thrown, he's given up, what, two more doubles? Yeah. So maybe it's a 3-4 game at that point, and it's close. Uh, but this did need to be a blowout. Poor Tyler Glass now. Uh, only three pitchers in MLB history, per Mark Simon of ESPN, had a World Series appearance in which they allowed six runs, but only three hits. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's 1932 Cubs pitcher Guy Bush, which is a uh, anonymous video game player uh, <laughs> in the background of when you're in the minor leagues on MLB The Show or whatever. Uh, Todd Stottlemyre for the 93 Blue Jays and Tyler Glass now. Yeah. I don't know. If if I could sum this this whole game up in one sentence, I think it's like when you have that you do something wrong and you have that conversation with your parents where they say, We're not mad, we're just disappointed. We're just disappointed. All right. Well, any final thoughts? Uh we're in the World Series. Yeah, I'm just glad to be here. It's fine. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for the Instant Reaction World Series Game 1 podcast of the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series. Thank you to Danny. Thank you to Jim for hopping on again. If you want all of these episodes downloaded directly to your device, make sure to subscribe to our podcast feed and make sure to head on over to DRaysBay.com to check out all of the great coverage from this 2020 postseason run. We'll have maybe more than one episode tomorrow, so thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Time to go camp out on Snell Isle. <laughs>